Today we want to talk a little bit around learning styles and how to go about learning things and um, really just dig a little bit more into a better way to go about taking on new things and improve on the things that you do. And so first of all, figuring out your learning style. So whether you're a visual person, a, an auditory person, or kinesthetic. Basically that means do you learn from your the things you see, the things you hear, or actually touching and inter- interacting with them? So there's a quiz that you can take online um, that I, I just took and I really like it. Um, it was, so I googled... Uh, learning style quiz and one came up from educationplanner.org and um, it broke down my score so it's just 20 questions took just a few minutes Um, so I am 55% visual 15% auditory and 30% tactile Um, so I'm mainly a visual learner and it gives you kind of a description of what it means to be a visual learner and then it gives you some um, tips to uh, to show you how you can learn better and kind of like what to make your setting around you look like. Yeah, and so once you, th- there's multiple ways to figure out what style you are. And this is really important for, honestly, more than just learning, understanding that the style in which you communicate and you can listen to the words that we use. So if someone says, um, sounds like a lot more, or they're talking, um, in terms of, of hearing, then they're probably more likely an auditory person. If they talk about, yeah, I see what you mean, then those people are going to be more visual and the kinesthetic ones are, um, yes, you know, I I feel you. I I understand you're going to hear those words that are more around touch. And, um, and that goes back to just indicating most likely they're going to be more of, of that type of person. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like just being in school um, or, pre, you know, previously being in school. Like I liked to see things done before I would want to, to do them. Um, and, and even like it doesn't have to be in an academic setting that you use your learning style. Like Drew and I can use it between, like within our relationship. Um, Like if he wants me to get something done, it's better if he gives me a written list because I'm a visual person. So if I can see the things I need to get done for him rather than him tell me, hey, I need you to take out the trash, it's more effective if I see it written down and like I have a a, a to-do list. Yeah, and and I'm more of a and I'll talk more about this in a second, but auditory uh, digital. So I, I have to hear it, and then I also have to like mentally note it or, or have that conversation with myself. So if, if I'm just if I'm in <laughs> doing something, and, and this used to be the way um, I was when I would grow up too. I would sit in front of the TV. Uh, Mom would come in and say, hey, can you go do this? I would have a conversation, have no idea I even said anything. She'd come back 20 minutes later and say, are you going to do that? And I'd be like, yes, if you just asked me to do it, I could do it. And she'd be like, I just did. So I have to constantly, like, I have to check in with Drew. So I'll ask him to do something and then I'll be like, and, and we have like an agreement with this, so it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, but I'll be like, okay, what did I ask you to do? And he's even prompted me to ask him to like have him repeat it back to me and like 
make eye contact with me to make sure that he got you know what I needed him to do yeah and and it was something we did work through with our relationship of um, the same thing was happening and you know it was never an intention not to listen and I'm actually a a really really good listener um, when I'm focused on something and yet when I'm focusing on something else and then new information comes in like if I'm focused on something with work and Bryn comes in and talks to me I won't even remember there was a conversation and I can usually tell by his tone of voice like if he says yeah or whatever he says it in a different tone of voice when he wasn't listening and so I'll I'll be like I'll either say it again um, like knowing that he didn't hear what I said or I'll just like realize as a spouse like okay this isn't a good time I'll come back later you know but know that he didn't get what I said. (laughs) Yeah, I'll get caught up in processing, um, you know, processing whatever, and then new input just doesn't doesn't come in. And yet, again, this is just something that helps us communicate with each other and helps helps with knowing our styles. Mm -hmm. And so, and back to the learning, another way to figure this out, um, so if you look at, and I'll see if I can do this by talking it through, but if you look at someone's eyes when they talk, whenever you're having a conversation with them. So if they look, when you're looking at them, if they look up and to the left, then it's visual construction. So they're, they're creating something in, in the visual realm of their mind. And so up, up and left and up and right are both visual. So up to the left is the construction, up and to the right is recall. So if you ask somebody, uh, tell me about a time when you were young and you fell and hurt yourself and they, and they look up, then they're and to the right. Yeah. So if, if they look up and to the right um, <clears throat> as you're looking at them, mm-hmm. and this is from you looking at the other person. So mm-hmm. if you're the person, you're, you would be looking up and left. But um, I'm just going to speak it in terms of being it's the other person. It's easier if you download a picture online um, to look at too to like keep this because this is hard to just picture in your mind. Um, but keep keep going. So if you look up and to the right, that means that they are recalling a memory from their childhood. Like, you know, you know, they've remember a time when they fell down when they were skating and they're they're recalling that memory from their childhood. But if they're looking in, in the visual realm. In the visual realm. But if they're looking up and to the left in their, you know, in their eyes, then they are constructing something visually. So it's almost as if they're making it up rather than something that actually happened in their childhood. Right. And it's not foolproof. Uh, you know, this is this is with most people. And yet um, you can also see if, if people are telling the truth with certain things because they'll be constructing instead of recalling something that they should be remembering. Because constructing is always to the left, right? Yeah. So on the left side, it's it's construction um, <clears throat> in the, the visual and auditory. And so... But if you're looking to the left and down what does that mean so to the left and down is kinesthetic and those are the people that and you also see them um my brother blair is a great example he'll touch he'll touch you or he'll touch you know things whenever he's communicating or he'll use his hands a lot those are more kinesthetic people who use the words of like yeah that that feels good or that feels right or you know anything that's um in that touching realm and so when they're going to that kinesthetic place, it's going to be down and to the left. What about down and to the right? So that's auditory digital. And that's where they're having... That's where a, you are. Right. <laughs> and, and it's a conversation with yourself is basically what it is. 
And, you know, again, I, I process things a lot through that. And that's where somebody's going to look down to the right quite a bit. And, and it's the, um, yeah, they're just in that, their own little space of auditory uh, processing, basically. So what about the, the level to the left? Yeah, so, so straight to the left um, is construction of auditory. So they're, they're creating something. So um, I'm thinking of a good example. That basically in, in the visual um, construction, it would be like, tell me a story, tell me a story of some kind. Mm-hmm. And Make up a story, yeah, like a fairy tale. Right. And they can, and it would be the same thing for auditory construction. So if you're looking. Kind of making up what somebody said. Right. Like yeah. somebody didn't actually say it to you. You're kind of making up what they said. Right. What did that sound like? And mm-hmm. then the construction uh, to the left versus the auditory on the right. And again, if you just Google um, auditory digital, actually or visual recall or visual construction, any one of those, it'll pull up the uh, the eyes. So we're going to kind of dial it back and I'm going to go through the different ones. So if you're looking to the left, right, the person is looking up and to the left, that's going to be visual construction. If they're looking at a level aspect straight to the left, then that's going to be auditory construction. So that left side is that construction. And then down into the left is kinesthetic. Now, when you're going to the right side, that's going to be more of your recall side. So up into the right is visual recall and level to the right is auditory recall, remembering what somebody said. And then down into the right is that auditory digital. So kind of what Drew said, like having a conversation with yourself. Yeah, and you can test this if <laughs> you can test this. Although don't test it if both people know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> because it you you'll you'll get in your head about which way am I looking. We do and it when um, Drew and I kind of have fun when we watch like a TV show. You know, some TV show where it's more reality TV, like The Bachelor or mm. The Bachelorette or something. And we'll kind of watch them and they'll be like, oh, they looked, you know, up into the left or like, you know, they're lying or something. It's just it's kind of fun. Yeah. And, and so to tie this back into learning, uh, this helps understand the way that you're going to learn best. And so if, if um, in school, sometimes we didn't have much of a choice. We just learned the way that they told us to learn. Yet once we get out of school it's up to us on how we learn things best. So for me, I listen to audible books as opposed to reading a lot of them because I'm, I'm stronger in the auditory side and you on the other hand, I'm visual for sure. Um, so I like, I'm always looking up whether I'm looking up into the right or up into the left. It's like, I can tell in myself, like when I'm kind of just listening to somebody talk, like I'll look up into a certain direction. So that's how you can kind of figure out where you are, too, if you just catch yourself like you catch yourself looking up a little bit more or if you catch yourself looking to the side or down, like you can kind of find where you are on this cycle. Yeah. And and it um, and you can apply that again, apply that to <clears throat> do I watch somebody um, talk about this? Do I listen to somebody talk about this? Do I need to be in the middle of it? So Blair, again, my brother is uh, really, really strong kinesthetic. So he comes in and he tells me, Hey, um, will you just pick it up and do it? And what's really interesting is auditory in auditory digital. I need to process it and understand the logic in it and the why behind it. And he understands by doing it. 
And so if you put those styles together. <laughs> he doesn't really have a plan. He's just like, let's do it. <laughs> well, and, and, and it works really well for him on, yeah. on how he learns. So if we look at this in, in a work relationship or personal or, or any environment, uh, like when I came in first to real estate, he would just push me out there and say, go do it. And I would say, well, I, I want to understand the why behind it, which would frustrate him and he would frustrate me. And so they weren't matching up. Um, but, but again, if you look at, um, your ideal learning, that's important thing to know for an employer, for anybody, if, uh, if they're also in charge of some of the learning that you're doing. Yeah. Like I, when I first started my job, like I, you know, you have to shadow for a while, especially when you work in a hospital setting. And I was like, look, this is how I learn. And, um, and like, you know, in any situation, if you can do something like this, I will just, I'll pick it up right away. And they really took that to their advantage and helped me out in that way too. And so when we shift a little bit and talk, we're going to shift and talk about the actual goal. When we look at learning or when I look at learning personally, I've realized that there's a big difference when I come into something new and my goal is to be great versus become great. And there's a really big difference in the fact that I, when I, I realized this from some of the things with um, work that I would be so frustrated that I hadn't made more progress and it would be almost self-defeating. And yet then I would realize, catch myself playing a, a new video game and I would just get better and better and better and better and hear people be like, be like, wow, you've got a lot of patience for that. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. And yet it was the approach at which I was going to learn it. And, you know, and, and, and you'll notice this in, with anything in life. If the approach is I want to improve and I'm just focused on improving and it doesn't matter what the result is. I don't care if I win or I lose. Like I'm focused on becoming better and better. That's where you can get to a point faster of actually being great. And um, guitar is another good example. When I, when I started, first I was frustrated. I wanted to um, just be good at it. And then I, I got focused on, okay, I just want to learn this one thing. And I would watch it and I would play it over and over and over again. And I wasn't worried about it sounding like the song. I would just do it over and over and over and over and over and until I got that part. And then I'd move on. And, and I wanted to sound like the song immediately. <laughs> well, and For me, when I'm playing guitar, that's why I'm not like, Drew's Drew's really good at guitar and I you know I like to be good at things pretty quickly and it's it's been guitar is a little harder for me just physically I don't really I don't have the um I don't know it's really hard for me with like small hands to like do do some different um chords and so I get frustrated pretty quickly because I'm like I know what the chord is but I can't get my fingers to go in the right place and be strong enough to hold it down, which that's where I need to use my physical therapy background and figure out what, you know, what I need to be stronger at. But, um, but I just want to be like good immediately. And so learning guitar when I pick it up is more frustrating for me. So Drew's like, Oh, why don't you just, you know, it's like, it's relaxing. And I'm like, no, it's, but it's not when I'm like wanting to relax. I don't want to go pick up, guitar because I get frustrated because it's not relaxing for me it's like it's mental work so we just we have different perspectives and he's a lot better and I'm still learning well and, and again the challenge is I am 
good at guitar and then she you come in and and you're frustrated immediately because you see me playing tabs and you want to start playing tabs and you know the the progression for me was how do I play a G and how do I play a G to an A and then just back and forth and back and forth and um and if we can be transparent I'm less patient. <laughs> if you if we can be transparent this right here is is showing why in this one particular area it's still a struggle for you on playing guitar picking it up um because the frustration comes in so much faster and yeah. and and i think the frustration uh comes from the focus so what what are we focused on and you know is it is it just the progression of improvement and uh or is it being good and so um i want to talk a little bit more about the the tools and the habits and the models so when we we um get into learning then there's different things that we can use to help improve. And you know, the last thing I'll say, though, about being great and improving is the point at which you get to where you're comfortable and you stop pushing to learn the next thing. That's the point at which you're going to stop at. And if, if you're good with that, great. <clears throat> and if not, then just make sure you've always got at least some of the time, you know, 20% of the time you're learning something new that's, that's more challenging. So with tools... So, and I'll, we'll do examples because it's going to be the easiest with tools, the difference of, um, journaling. So for me, I've, I had, had journaled or written, um, lessons learned each day for a while and I stopped and I was doing it where I was handwriting it because of, you read all the studies and it says that the actual process of writing, you're using more of, of your brain and you're actually, you know, physically writing it and, so I hadn't gone to using my phone. So there's there's tools of, you know, if a habit's not working or if something you're trying attempting to learn or get better at isn't working, then you can switch even the medium. So for me, I switched to typing it into my phone or or talk to text into my phone and I consistently get it done now when the only block in the way was the method in which I was doing it, the writing, because I write super slow. And it looks really ugly. And so um, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's very quick to type or, or talk to text and it's done. Yeah. And I'm more of a writer. So I journal at night and I, I write it down. So that's just probably part of that um, visual person for me. And um, I don't know, just, just how I like to do things. Well, and it's what works for you. So we're, we're learning not just how to do something. We're learning how to learn and how to improve. And, um, this is what can take you to that next level because I fought and fought and fought around writing, uh, writing, you know, at at the end of the day, uh, those lessons learned. And then I start typing them and there's almost no resistance. It's, it's night and day. And so the other thing, um, aside from the tools in, in which, you know, the approach in which we do it are habits. So the habits that we develop around, um, learning and and just consistency because to learn something you do need to be consistent with it typically and be able to keep going back to it and there's I'm gonna go off on a tangent a little bit so there's just a few things I want to mention around the habits that I've had good success with and um, things in before where they they didn't help me very much and I've developed a habit of like not quitting is one of them so we we would um 
even with video games, I don't quit. You know, if you're if you're losing in a, a match or a game, um, I've developed the habit not to quit and just continue to go till the end. And it's funny that how big the implications are of that, because the 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 quit in me um, that showed up more before is is less and less now. And it's because in in every situation I can I don't quit, which does help when I'm learning new things. It's I just move past that that feeling. Um, I still I think get it. it reminds me of um, like a, you know a childhood example. Um, if you start a sport, so both of our parents were like this. If you start a sport during the season, then you have to finish the season. And if you don't like it at the end of the season, then you don't have to play it another season. And I think part of that too is like you're not very good at the beginning. And so especially as a child, you don't understand like if I'm not, you know, they, I feel like they feel more often I'm not good. It's embarrassing. I want to quit. And if you continue it through the season, like over time by creating the the habits of practicing and playing, you're going to get better over time. So then at the end of the season, okay, if you don't like it, then, then you can quit. But odds are, the kids are going to be better by the end of the season. So if the problem for them was that they weren't liking, um, if they weren't liking uh, the way they were playing or maybe they were embarrassed, they weren't as good as they thought they'd be, then they're more likely to stay in it if that was the reason because they're probably better by then. Well, and and even if it's something you absolutely are sure you don't want to do, the resilience that comes from that, um, you you know, honestly, there, there were a lot of things that I did work hard at when I went through like up through high school and yet um, the hardest thing that I probably did was cross country and and I I did it I quit that (laughs) (laughs) well and and I did it um, and I wanted to quit really really badly and yet I wanted to I did it to because I was tired of the after uh, after school practice with basketball in the off season because we just practiced year round pretty much and so I decided to do cross country and the resilience that I gained and the strength that I realized I had from that being, um, miserable, absolutely miserable every That's time. Probably the most miserable sport ever. <laughs> well, and, and, and it's a mental thing. And, and I realized, and I've since realized that my, my challenges with that were around, um, mental challenges of, of focusing on like how bad it hurts when you just continuously run. And, uh, I ended up though, I, I did well in it and yet it was just, I was like nauseous before every time we'd run, I was miserable. Then I feel really good at the end. It's like the 300 hurdles. If anybody ever ran track, like that was my race. And oh man, if that was your race, that the resilience you have to have to get through that is just insane and if we could just have a little bit of that when we're learning something new then man you could you could get through anything well and and you're building on successes because even if it's not a success for the season you've successfully completed it and you've done something that that you didn't think you definitely didn't want to do and you didn't necessarily think you could do and no matter what the outcome is you've learned something about yourself that you can apply to anything that comes next yeah and so another um, another one that um, I do is with an alarm. So another habit I I don't uh, snooze it. I don't ever snooze it. And, and we are very different. Yeah, well. <laughs> and so uh, I had I had so much trouble when I was uh, well in the last you know three or four years ago 
up until then, it was miserable. I would snooze it, and I would feel bad about myself by the time I actually got up. And and this goes back to the tools. I learned I need to put it in the bathroom far enough away that I have to get up and shut off the alarm. And yet, then I got to that point, and I failed again because I would shut it off and get back in bed. Or I would set or multiple... Or you'd have me shut it off and right. put it well, <laughs> while you were still in bed. Yeah, that too. And And I would have multiple alarms and which i've i've since fixed and i only have one because what i've learned is the alarm goes off i get up i shut it off and i start my day no matter what 7 days a week no matter what time i you know even if i set it for a little bit later i get up and my body follows suit so once you start training yourself with these things and your your body and your brain follow suit there was about 4 months ago there was a day 3 4 months ago there was a day where i got back in bed and it was like on a Saturday. And um, for the next three days, I could feel that like, oh, you could just stay in bed instead of my body being trained and ready to go. And uh, the last thing just around the habits are um, the push-ups as well. It's something else that I do. And I, I do it um, five days a week. And I actually had a, a good friend tell me, because I started to do it seven days a week, don't do that. Give yourself a little bit of rest. If you'd have asked me that, I'd have told you that was well, a bad idea. <laughs> right. Anyway, and it was around the commitment. Um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. Well, the lesson here is when you're learning something new, um, don't go to 100% your max. If you know that you can play guitar or practice guitar for 20 minutes before you get frustrated, practice for 15. And come up short of whatever that is because then you don't lose that that. Um, urge or the drive to learn and burn yourself out on it so just come up just short of that and that's a really really good lesson around how to learn something new without getting the fatigue yeah when I um when I was in school I would set time limits for myself or page limits so um especially when I was studying for my boards like I had a board prep book and I would be like okay I'm going to do these 10 pages and then I'm going to take a five to 10 minute break and then I'm going to do this and this and this and I would I would separate my day up into chunks that I knew I could handle and I knew I wouldn't get overwhelmed by because once you I mean especially when you're learning something new once you get past that threshold your brain is not absorbing anything else it is just you're, you think you're learning something, but your brain's not ready to learn that information when you've pushed past that threshold. So you need to give yourself breaks. Um, you need to just give yourself time to process and um, still be able to maintain that excitement about the learning. Because if you don't give yourself breaks, you're not going to be as excited about the learning at all. Yeah, you, you end up um, f- fatigued, and this is not just learning. This is everything, almost everything in life. You can't – this is a, a weakness for a challenge for me is to not want to just push through to the end of it and take the breaks because you end up in a lot better, uh, more of your peak performance if you do that. And the uh, the last thing is the models. So with the models um, that you use for learning, you, you can build a model around how do you approach learning something and with anything in life, we have these models that we follow. We follow a model with um, with food, with diet and exercise. We have a certain model of this is the things that we do to have the health that, that we want or to have the health that we have. Even if it's not necessarily what we want, we're following models all the time. And with learning, 
we have a natural style and a natural model that we follow. If you're not learning things at the level that you want, then it's probably a good idea to look at the learning style because it may not be the thing that you're learning. Most people could learn just about anything with the right model and the right focus uh, and the right approach. And so look at the way that you're approaching the learning and make some adjustments there. And a lot of times you can make a lot more progress and figure out the model for you that's going to work the best. Just like I said, um, for me, the difference is whether I'm focusing on being great or becoming great at something. And it's such a subtle difference, yet in my mind, it's the difference of do do I actually work hard or do I feel the urge to get frustrated or quit or shut down? I think um, for me, like being organized too is a model as well because I I mean, for me, I have to be organized and know where I'm going with my learning before I can really dive in. Um, And again, it kind of goes back to my school days. Like I had to know where I was going to get to at a certain um, point of studying, like where I was going to get to in the book, um, divided up into sections And once I had that organized and planned out for that session of learning, I felt confident that I could dive in because I knew where the end point was. For me, that was always really important. And I think every type of learner is is different in that. Um, But for me, it was important for me to know when I was going to be done. And because at that point, I knew I could breathe. Um, And not every type of learning is stressful but some of it is I mean if you really want to be good at something and or something has um uh something big tied to it um an outcome that you're looking for then it can be a little bit stressful so you want to find that model for you to um make it as pain-free as possible can I put you on the spot sure (laughs) so let's go back to guitar and and playing, wanting he to play, got a big wanting, wanting to play guitar, <laughs> and uh, so preparation and planning. If if that's your best style, what would it look like to plan out, prepare and plan to learn the guitar? Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I have to sit down and look at it. Okay, so then, and and we won't go further into it yet. Um, the next thing that, that I would ask is like, okay, when, when will you prepare the time to plan? And this is a great example because, you know, if, if she knew, if you knew, once I make a plan, I have to like do it. Right. (laughs) And if you knew the answer to preparation and planning, you probably would already have learned to the level that you want to with the guitar. So this just goes to show, like, I'm obviously not in a place to like, to learn. Like I am not, because I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't really know if I want to plan it. I mean, I, I'm in kind of enjoying where I'm at with just like being able to pick up a guitar and play a song or two or, you know, I'm and not be that great. Like, I'm just, I'm not in a place. And you can hear it in my voice. You can hear it in like, you know, Drew asking me questions that I'm not really ready to answer them. Like, it's okay that I'm not in that place, but I think it's important for you to realize when you are or aren't ready to learn something specific. And I think that's huge around acceptance of that. Like, yeah, it's okay. And I've okay. accepted that. Like, it's okay. <laughs> well, and, and so I think if, if you're just, the challenge, the, the worst thing that 
that could be the most challenging is the internal dialogue of like, oh, I really want to learn this and I really want to do this. And then really not being to the place like you, you either are or you aren't and just getting the clarity on that. And yet if um, if you are and you're stuck and with the example for Bren of preparation and planning, then it would be like, OK, if you don't know what the plan and the preparation is, when will you plan to prepare and plan and let, and then put that into a place where um, where you can actually get it done. And uh, so I, I want to talk around um, the action part. So once you once you've like learned material, um, the action of learning or getting better at something, and I want to talk about growth. So growth, the definition for me has changed over time because there's learning. And then there's the application or the action of learning. And for me, learning plus that application equals growth. So since that's one of the most important things for me, I I read a lot of books. And then how do I apply that? How do I put it into action? And the action part is what stops a lot of people from learning something new. And so a lot of it has to do with fears. What if? Uh, What if I am not good at it you know what what if I um and and what does that mean about me if I'm not good at it and you know what if it's a waste of time those are some of the things that come up along with disappointment that can happen whenever um you know you're you're worried about the the disappointment that might come from um failing at it or not doing well with it so this kind of makes me think of most most education or workplace um, protocols have a learning portion. Um, so you think you, you know, either you're in a classroom and you learn all this information or you start a new job and you're doing the the intake, the onboarding, learning new information about that company. And then after you do that learning, you then have an application phase. So for medical fields, that's like a clinical rotation. Or for teachers, that's like an internship. Um, so, like, you're doing that learning, and then you have to apply it in order to really grow in that profession or that new job that you just started. Yeah, and, you know, I think um, once you have and once you start doing that, it, it comes down to your relationship with failure that stops you from getting to a past a certain point and stops you taking risks because if your relationship with failure is um, a really negative one meaning if I fail at something it means something about me it means I'm not good enough Uh, instead of saying it means that uh, I didn't get it right this time there's a big difference and it takes a lot more resilience to continue on uh, with that so if you can change your relationship with failure and look at it as steps forward, just like going back to the becoming. The, the you, If you fail over and over again when your goal is to get better, then you can still get better in, in, instead of saying, okay, I just want to be great at it. Then, if that's my goal, failure is a really bad thing. And finally, we just want to remind you that whenever you're learning something new, um, others have been there before you. So try to find someone who is really good at what you're learning um, but also remember that your learning experience is going to be different from theirs. So 
you may have different learning styles. So you kind of have to take what they suggest with, with a grain of salt or kind of mesh it into whatever, um, whatever concoction you've got built up for yourself to learn that certain thing. But don't be afraid to seek out others and figure out what worked for them. Yeah, and the, the grain of salt part is really about um, outliers. There are some outliers, and there's somebody who is really, really successful at something, and it's not because of the reason... It's not because of everything they do. It's because of one little thing. And then you go and and model after everything that they do. And it's not a great model for you. And so if if somebody's great at it, figure out why they're great at it. Break that down. And then the process you can take to become great at it. And that is, in person is great. Like a mentor or someone. And books are great. That's a great way to get really intimate with the people who wrote the book. To understand what's going on in their head podcasts, um, documentaries, like Tony Robbins has one called I Am Not Your Guru on Netflix. And it's actually, it's it's a little vulgar in the language. And yet it's really, really powerful of uh, under, like seeing him and seeing him at his best and, um, you know, and what he's doing uh, to show up and, and change lives for people. And one last thing that I wanted to mention on the action part is the toughest Part of anything is the first five minutes most of the time it's how do I change my state from sitting on the couch watching Netflix to in the room learning something and doing something once yeah, you're getting for me <laughs> yeah and 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 yet um, when we look at it it's like oh this whole thing is gonna be miserable this whole time is gonna be tough it's really not there's a short time in the beginning until you get into a flow in whatever you're doing and, and most of the time you can get to that state and just remembering I can handle anything for five minutes. This might be awful for five minutes, yet I can handle anything for five minutes. And then I'm on to what I want to do and what I want to get out of it. So thank you guys for um, listening today. Um, I hope you've got a list of things that you've been wanting to tackle and um, learn how to do, especially in this time of quarantine we've got a little bit of time left um who knows when it'll really end but if you've got some extra time at home right now take advantage of it and and pick up something that you've been wanting to pick up that's yeah that's the challenge that we'll end with is what is and stop whatever you're doing stop right now and write it down put it in your phone what is the one thing that you've wanted to do for a long time and yet you've never actually taken any steps to do it and in the next today ideally or in the next 24 hours at the most take one step toward getting a little bit better at that and so um, thanks again for joining us for another episode of life etc and anything that you have for topics you'd like us to cover send this send those to us and and we'd love to tackle them